Welcome to day two of Revelation chapter 20. We're looking at the millennial reign of Jesus Christ the first three days of this week. And I read for you the first few verses of Revelation 20 yesterday. Let me read for you those verses and then add a couple today. Let me read for you verses 1 to 6 to begin today. And as I read these, as I read it yesterday, as I read this today, I'm sure there's some questions in your mind. Let me read these, and then we're going to answer some of those questions. Revelation 20, 1 to 6. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He sees the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss, and he locked it, and he sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed are holy and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years." There's a lot of questions in these verses. In fact, what I've done today is just taken questions from our research team who just reads through these chapters and lets me know what questions they have. So let me share with you the three major questions that I saw again and again from our research team and then also take a look together today at some of the other questions that came out of these verses. First major question in order of the verses was, what is this abyss that is talked about here? The Satan is thrown into the abyss. And what is the difference between the abyss and Hades, and the lake of fire, and hell. We're going to be looking at that even more as we walk through the rest of the book of Revelation. But just a very brief answer on that one. The abyss and Hades are pictures in the Bible of places that evil, Satan here, goes to await a final and certain judgment. So that's a sort of a waiting place, but not a waiting place where you get a second chance. It's a waiting place for the final judgment, which we're going to come to at the end of Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne of God. The lake of fire and hell are places of certain and eternal judgment. You might think of it, this isn't a great picture, but it might help you, that if you're on trial um, and you have already been convicted of a crime where you're going to be in prison for life, you might go back to the county jail that you were in while you were on trial for a time. That's a temporary waiting place. But you know what the verdict is already. And then you come for the final verdict before the judge, and the judge declares you guilty. You hear why you're guilty, and then you go, then you go to the penitentiary where you're going to spend the rest of your life. That's the difference in the Bible between those pictures. And we'll focus on that a little bit more together this next week. A bigger question that many people had, a very personal question was, what is this about a first and second resurrection? And why it says some of the dead don't come to life until after the thousand years are ended. What does that mean? Before we talk about the thousand year reign, you have to understand this first and second resurrection because to many of us, it's a little scary sounding. There's a resurrection and people reign with Christ for a thousand years. But what if I'm not part of this first resurrection? What if I don't get resurrected? I know what you're thinking. If I'm not one of these do I have to stay like on hold for a thousand years somewhere? What is God talking about here? What is the first and second resurrection? Well, 
Jesus taught us about this. In John 5, 28 to 29, here's what he said to us. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves, that's both believers and unbelievers, by the way, all the dead will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to judgment. You see, Jesus teaches us here that everyone, in one sense, is going to be resurrected at the end of time. We think of resurrection as only a positive word because we think of it in terms of Jesus. But at the end of time, everyone is going to be resurrected. Everyone is going to stand before God. And some are going to be resurrected to life, and some are going to be resurrected to judgment and to death. Some to heaven and some to hell. So now it begins to get a little more clear, I hope. There's a first resurrection and a second resurrection. When you read what Jesus teaches about this, it clearly tells us that this first resurrection is when all believers rise. The spirits of those who don't know Christ are the ones who are waiting for a thousand years. A place called Hades or, or Sheol that we talked about yesterday. A place you might have read about in the Old Testament. That's the name for this place where they await this final judgment that happens at the end of this thousand year reign of Christ. The first and the second resurrection. The first resurrection is a resurrection to life, and it's the resurrection of all believers. The second resurrection is a resurrection to judgment, and it happens to all who have not yet believed. I hope you noticed, to make this even more clear, in this passage we talked about a first and a second death. Did you notice that in verse 6? Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection because the second death has no power over them. So what is that about? This makes it even more clear. The first death is our physical death. It's when you die physically. But you'll be resurrected from that. You'll be given a new body. We all die physically, believer, unbeliever alike. Those who have trusted Christ, those who have not. The second death is a spiritual separation from God for all eternity. And none of us have to experience that second death. Some will, but none of us have to. Not if we trust in Him. As you and I look at what the Bible says about this first and second resurrection, it's an encouragement to us to have humility in what we believe. Because there's going to be a reigning with Christ for a thousand years in this first resurrection. If some are resurrected at the rapture and then during the tribulation other people come to Christ, when will they be resurrected? We don't know the answer to that. During the thousand years of people make a commitment to Christ, when will they be resurrected? We don't know the answer to that. There are some things we don't know. I want to come back to that at the end of this day today and talk about what we do when we don't know everything. We do know that Jesus Christ is going to reign for a thousand years, and we do know that he's going to resurrect those who are his. Now, those are the major questions that I see people have. They want to know, what is this abyss? Well, they want to know, what about the first and second resurrection? They want to know, what's it going to be like for us to be reigning with Christ for a thousand years? And based on that, what's it going to be like, there are a number of more minor, I would say, questions. You don't ask them immediately, maybe when you read through this the first time, but if you read through these passages again and again, you begin to think, well, what about this and what about this? One question that comes to many people's minds is, wait, it says they will sit on the thrones. Who are they? When the Bible talks about those sitting on the thrones with Jesus here, who are these people? The Bible teaches that Jesus told his disciples, you're going to sit with me on 12 thrones. That's an amazing truth to me. In other places, the New Testament indicates that you and I, as believers in Christ, are with Christ going to be judging angels and judging this world. 
God is going to have responsibilities for you and I as we reign with him. Jobs for us to do, significant things that impact eternity and things that I can't even imagine today. There are surprises in store. There's an eternity of surprises in store that I can't imagine. That's why there's a first and second resurrection because there's a resurrection to life and there's this resurrection to judgment. So as brothers and sisters of Christ, there are some believers, certainly the disciples and certainly those who were martyred for their faith in this last time of the earth who will be sitting with Jesus. Now, another question that comes to mind as you read through this passage is, are the only ones that serve and reign with Christ those from this tribulation period? It says the ones who are reigning are the ones who were beheaded because of their faith. So it seems here to say that the only ones who get to reign with Christ are those who gave their lives for Christ during this period. If that is true, then where would I be if I was not one of those people? I'd be in heaven. I'm not waiting a thousand years. Those are unbelievers. If that is true, and the only people that Jesus has reign with him are those who gave their lives during the period of tribulation, then I'm in heaven, and they're here on earth reigning with him. Remember, there's still a heaven, and there's still an earth. And we go immediately to be with the Lord in heaven when we die. Paul said to depart from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm immediately with the Lord when I die. So I'd be in heaven, and they'd be reigning on earth. That is not extremely clear here. It says that they reign. It doesn't say that no one else gets to reign. So it's not extremely clear what's going to happen. And this is all based on the premillennial view that there'd be an actual millennium in the first place. Some people think there's not even an actual millennium. That's how you have to scratch your head a bit here. Some ask, who are the rest of the dead that are talked about here? Those who did not come to life for the thousand years. Again, because I want us to get this, these are unbelievers. These are unbelievers who have died during this time. Others ask, where does this thousand years sit in history? Well, that's an easy answer. At the end of the time of this earth. Even those who see this more symbolically still see this as a symbol of what's going to happen at the end. This is a picture that Jesus is reigning at the end. Not Satan is in control at the end. Jesus is reigning at the end. Some others ask, is there going to be any death during those thousand years? And the answer to that one is, I don't know. This isn't answered. If Jesus is reigning, is anybody going to die? We're not told what will happen to those who come to Christ during this time or those who don't come to Christ, not until the end of the thousand years. Now, those last questions I just answered or didn't answer may make you probably feel, I'd like to better understand this. These questions remind us that there is some understanding of what's going to happen, and we're going to focus on the why behind this tomorrow. There are things that you want to hold on to that are truths in this passage. Hold on to the fact that you are going to be resurrected in bodily form. Hold on to the fact that you are going to reign with Christ someday. But as you try to get into too many details about this, you realize pretty quickly God has not given us insight into all the details about this, and I believe that is for a reason. We don't need all the details yet. Just enough to let us know this is going to happen. Jesus is going to reign. We are going to be resurrected. I know some believers who worry about those details. I just want to remind you, God gave us all that we need to know. We're going to live with him forever in resurrected bodies, and we're going to reign with him. Don't miss that. The fact that I don't know all the details yet means I can trust him with those details. Now, some of you, you got a more controlling personality, and your feeling is, i got to know the details because then I know he's going to do it. No, I know he's going to do it because I trust him. And because of that, I know he's going to take care of the details. Even the little that is shown to us here makes us, causes us to realize he is a God that I can trust. In the details of my life today, 
and the details of my life as I head towards eternity. And so, Father, right now, we just pause to pray. And we say, we trust you in the details. We trust you in the details of our life today because you're, you're a loving Heavenly Father. And we trust you in the details of what's going to happen at the end of time. You, you are not going to end this world in a way that is designed just to scare us or frighten us. You're going to end it in just the right way, in a way that causes the most to be invited to come to you and causes you to get the greatest glory. And so we trust you. We trust you in the great plan, and we trust you in the details of your awesome plan. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to look together at why there will be a millennial reign of Christ. Mm -hmm.